Golden Siren Podcast. I'm Diane Valero and I am your host. And here we explore the tarot, an ancient system of divination, how the cards relate to the zodiacal seasons and signs. We pepper these podcasts with astrology and some current events. But most importantly, we touch in on wellness practices and mindfulness tools that can help you feel and stay connected and balanced to yourself. I'm so glad that you're here and let's get going. Welcome back to the Urban Siren Podcast. I am your host, Diane Ferraro, and I cannot tell you how delighted I am that you spend your time here with me on this podcast. Actually, I can tell you that because it is Gemini season as of today, May 20th, when I am recording this. We're in this we're in Gemini season, meaning the sun is in the sign of Gemini. And Gemini is all about communication. <clears throat> as I clear my throat. It's all about communication. And it's also all about thought processes. As an air sign, Gemini energy loves to live upward. Um, you could consider it Vata energy. It's very airy energy. Um, and I sort of sounded redundant there. But when I say airy, I also mean expansive. I mean the sky is the limit, literally. And I also feel that Gemini helps us get in touch with ourselves because it does encourage communication. And it does when we are grounding it in this way, right? We have a a divining rod to kind of ground the energy back down again, it helps us get in touch with what is on a very true level. That is when we are focusing our attention on healthy communication with ourselves, with each other. And Gemini season is a great time to celebrate communication in all of its forms. We also on this podcast, I just took a very dramatic sigh we, because I feel there is so much to talk about. And I almost, I mean, I could have put this podcast off in this recording episode off indefinitely because I feel that it's sort of like, where do I begin? Um, I am now well past a year. It's now going into, I guess, a year and a half of recording this podcast. And all along the way, it has started to transform from being... Um, a podcast where I took heavy notes in advance and really had my SHIT together when it came to putting together the sort of script for the podcast, although I always do it off script. I don't follow a script, but I have continued to take notes, my friends. It's not like I'm being, you know, lackadaisical about what I share here, but at the same time, I'm also loosening up a little bit about the flow of the podcast. So for instance, we are definitely going to dive in a little bit about the tarot um, regarding the lover's card and how it associates with Gemini, because that's what we do here on Urban Siren Podcast. We explore the tarot. And as I have picked up a little bit of information, knowledge around astrology, and I emphasize a little bit, I am still very much a beginner. I'm really loving it. And... I'm really loving (laughs) on certain people who integrate astrology into their healing artwork. So, for instance, Jessica 
Lanyadu, or Lanyado is how you pronounce her name, actually. Jessica Lanyado of Ghost of a Podcast is phenomenal, and I highly recommend that podcast. She is an astrology whiz, and I recently began learning also from Tony Howard of Astrology University through his podcast and also through his very incredible recent interview on Ghost of a Podcast with Jessica. I mentioned these folks, oh, and of course, lest I forget, Embodied Astrology, who has an incredible podcast and her subscriber offerings are probably the best deal in town. I highly recommend those as well. I'm a subscriber, a monthly subscriber. You can subscribe at any amount whatsoever for Embodied Astrology to receive these incredible offerings. And she has been doing these twice, uh, zodiacal season, twice each zodiacal season, we're meeting for some online um, screen time with her. And it can be a group anywhere from about 30 to 50 people or even upwards. It is so rewarding. Anyway, Gemini season, communication. Why am I mentioning this? Number one, because I'm obsessed with these people. Also, not only am I obsessed, this is the time to share up what it is that you're doing. It's, it's, this is the time to communicate with others about where you, if you want to. But it's a generous thing to do. Where do you receive your knowledge? I took classes with Monty Farber. He taught us by Zoom over the winter. I took six months of classes. Monty Farber, an incredible astrologer. I mention these people because in this is an example of how we can walk through Gemini season. It's about sharing up what we learn from, who we learn from, and thus bringing attention to their work, right? So it's about sharing the wealth. It's about helping one another out. It's about strengthening our community of people who want to do good in this world. So if you see something, say something. That's sort of a great mantra for Gemini season. If you see something, say something. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the planetary transits that I touched on in the previous episode and just check in with all of you because last we checked in, which was, um, oh, I think it was during the soup moon in Taurus season, if I'm not mistaken, around April 25th, maybe? Don't quote me. I mean, don't quote me on my own podcast, but definitely don't quote me. But it was the previous episode. Anyway, we've got some cool things going on, including, and this is something I learned from Tony Howard and Jessica Lenyato of Ghost of a Podcast and Astrology University. Mars is out of bounds. I didn't know what an out of bounds planet was until Tony Howard and Jessica talked about this. Mars out of bounds is happening through May 24th. And Mars is currently in the sign of cancer. And on my last podcast episode, I talked a little bit about how Mars and cancer can bring up some heavy duty emotions for better or for worse. It's not always a bad thing to get our feathers ruffled. If our feathers get ruffled, it could indicate that it's time for a change. It could indicate that we need to speak up for ourselves or speak up for others. Um, It can indicate that we need to get a handle on our emotions in a way that where Mars takes action, right? So not only is Mars volatile or can be volatile, but Mars is also a planet of action. So it's about not just feeling something, but acting on our feelings, right? If they're in alignment, if our feelings are, um, if we're, if we are in touch with our feelings in a healthy manner, there's no, 
there's no reason why we shouldn't act on our emotions. Um, of course, we don't want to act out from a place of, you know, imbalance, but emotions can guide us into very wise spaces in our lives. So with Mars and cancer and Mars being out of bounds in cancer until May 24th, keep an eye on how you want to expand through your feelings, how you want your life to, let's say, reflect how you feel inside. In other words, if we're doing things that we don't have our hearts invested in, that can make us feel detached, disassociated from ourselves. Examine the ways in which we follow our hearts or don't follow our hearts. And again, I'm going to turn back to Jessica and Tony to talk about Mars being out of bounds. They are the experts. I am merely uh, regurgitating the message, but that is an incredible podcast episode to listen to. I shall put the notes, uh, I shall put the links to that podcast in my show notes for this episode. It is, first of all, Ghost of a Podcast is a tremendous podcast, and these two folks are just incredibly brilliant and smart and hysterical and loving. So why not listen to them, right? Okay. Again, when we are talking about Mars and Cancer, which it is. Mars and Cancer, again, when we are now in in the sign, in the seasonal zodiacal season of Gemini, okay, let's put all of those things together like a puzzle, all right? So Mars and Cancer, emotions, action, um, volatile energy, um, think about that, the doing of the feelings, and then the processing of the thoughts and put them all together. So think about how we walk through the world, through the embodiment of our feelings, through how we express ourselves through our feelings and, and how we show up um, behind the um, visage of our feelings, and then also connecting our mind space to that. So it's like Uh, a terror three, right? So how we act, how we feel, how we think. Boom. There's a little takeaway. That could be fun. That could be a little pro tip. I'm not a pro. That could be a little pro tip for us experiencing Mars out of bounds in Cancer and Gemini season. See what I did there. Okay. Now, we are also experiencing Mercury in Gemini, right? And I touched on this in the previous podcast as well, episode Mercury and Gemini, we're going to be hanging out here until I believe June 22nd with this placement and Mercury will be going retrograde, nobody panic, in Gemini from May 29th until June 21st and really seriously, nobody panic. I wrote a blog post recently uh, entitled Mercury and Gemini, Get Your Mind Right and the reason why I wrote that post is because yes, there's a lot of hype and hoopla around Mercury in being in retrograde, being retrograde, and also how that seems to, I want to say, perhaps cause some reason for feeling intimidated, um, feeling like things are not our, in our control, um, which is, you know, let's keep in mind the fact that hardly anything is ever in our control. We like to have the illusion that we have control over certain things, but we don't have control over a lot. Um, spoiler alert, but we do have control over how we act and we how we respond and how we show up, 
in this world and how we speak up for those who need advocacy and all of these things, right? So we do have control over certain things. We don't always exercise control in those realms. And we sometimes give up our power within those realms as well. In other words, we may stay silent in the face of injustice. We may choose not to have a confrontation to save face, as they say, or to keep the peace because we don't want to rock the boat, for instance. Um, Things like this. When we are silent, when we know we should be vocal, or when we are passive, when we know we should be active, then we are making a choice to go against the grain of what we know to be life affirming and true, right? And it's not a, it's not okay. It's not like it's not like an unforgivable thing. It's not a sin. It's not. It's nothing to put a judgment on. It's just something to be aware of and see if we can make adjustments throughout that. So Mercury being in um, Gemini through pretty much Gemini season. Let's just keep in mind that Mercury is the planet also of communication it is the planet also of it's a bit of a trickster it it likes to play games every once in a while so mercury retrograde in gemini while things and communication and all things mercury mercury is communication that's why when mercury is retrograde we tend to say oh geez you know let's read that contract three times in fact let me get another set or two or five of eyes on that let me double check let me redo reevaluate re um visit all of that stuff and reimagine um reboot all of that good stuff the re's of it because we want to make sure that we are slowing our role to accommodate the slowness or the perceived slowness of that planetary transition in other words we don't need to step on the gas during that period if let's okay liken it this mercury retrograde so liken it when we are going say 65 miles an hour on a four-lane freeway and there's a bit of a hiccup in the traffic flow right maybe there's um, somebody with a flat tire on the side of the road okay so traffic slows down right traffic slows down and we accommodate that slowing right so we don't if we're going 65 and everyone's going 65 and then all of a sudden everyone else in front of us is going more like 45 to 40 to 35 we don't step on the gas right that's like Uh, speed kills, right? So we don't step on the gas when that happens. We accommodate the flow by slowing ourselves down as well. So think of it that way. It's not so much about feeling like you're disempowered or, um, no, it's just, it's a common, um, almost, it's almost courteous to the surrounding energy to just chill out and slow things down And just be careful through our communication and be mindful through our communication and make sure that we're doing our due diligence. It's really not a problem. It might feel amplified with Mercury and Gemini because those that sign and that planet goes like together like peanut butter and jelly. 
So in this retrograde period, yeah, we might feel it even more. But at the same time, it's even more of an invitation to reevaluate and pause and reset yourself. It's not a problem. I just want to emphasize that. So, you know, taking the sting out of that idea of Mercury in retrograde or Mercury retrograde, it's not a big, it's not a problem. We don't have to make it a problem. Okay, so public service announcement there. Um, now, I thought I would also just talk a little bit about the um, the sign of Gemini. And let's also talk a little bit about the lover's card. But I will pause for a moment for uh, a very brief commercial break. And then we will be right back. And now we're going to, after this, we're going to dig into the Tarot and how it associates with Gemini and the lover's card. Okay. Thanks so much. So let's dig into how the Tarot card of the lover's card associates with Gemini. And I just had some feels because I looked back on my episodes. It's episode number five, Gemini season, the lovers, the dreamers, and you and me. And I recorded that episode on May 20th of last year. So without unbeknownst to me, at least on the surface, I am recording the Gemini and the Lover's Card episode, annual episode, on the very same date that I did last year. And that, to me, feels special. I don't know if you feel special about it. Um, I invite you to feel special about it. I feel so super special about it. So if you want to do a deep dive into the lover's card and Gemini, you can go ahead and listen to that episode. It's episode number five. Ah, oh, sweet memories. And let's talk about that for a moment. So in the first half of this podcast episode, we went over some of the planetary placements and transitions, what's going on, and all the cool people and all the cool kids you want to be listening to and checking out. And now this is sort of kind of cool in that now we're pivoting over to the lover's card and how the lover's card, while it can also be associated with, you know, romantic interests and relationships um, in that vein. The Lovers is also very, very much about how we make our choices. And we talked in the first half of this episode about how we make our choices and how we can make our choices and the options available to us in making our choices. And when we are conscious of the reason why we make our choices, we are coming from a very informed position versus a place of, say, reactivity or neuroses or someplace where we're just not exactly 100% sure why we do the things we do, but we do them and we do them over and we do them over and we do them over and over and over and over again, sometimes experiencing less than desirable results. When I read the Tarot for people, one of my goals is to help people understand themselves in a way that feels um that feels truthful and that feels supportive so that it's not at all about saying you know divining what is going to be happening in the future it's more about taking that divining rod and plunging it <laughs> right into the center of our being in the present moment right so it's about looking for the truth, divining the truth in what is, what currently is. Not what is going to 
happen down the road, nobody knows, but we do know that if we continue to make the same choices that we make, we are very likely going to see the same results. And that's what I like to do through my tarot card readings is look at what is and what it is that we want to change in our lives, perhaps, and without putting, you know, undue burdens on what we feel is um, accessible or not. In other words, like a very good friend of mine once when I was going through a difficult time and I really felt, um, I felt um, paralyzed. I felt stuck. I felt disempowered. And he said to me, well, you know, Diane, if there's, if you could do anything, if you could have anything, what would you do? I couldn't answer the question because I'd never allowed myself to dream that big to say, I can do this. I have this potential. I have this power. I'll never forget that conversation. And, um, ever since I, I reflect on that moment and I realize how golden that was, what a gift that was. And when I, when I conduct my readings, either astrology readings or tarot card readings, I like to focus on that. I like to focus on touching in with expansion, touching in with believing that we do have the power to live lives that are life affirming and that we have our self agency intact and that whatever power we may have been either coerced or forced or um, extradited to give away in the past that we can actually take our power back without taking anything away from anyone else. In other words, we can be whole. Others can be whole. It's not an either or situation. It's not us versus them. It's just about giving ourselves that level of respect and um, presence and courtesy actually, to, to live as holy as we often, holy, what I mean is with a W H, but holy H O L is fine too. Um, live in a way that is aligned with our moral code, with our, um, with our ethics, with our, with our heart. That's the lover's card in the tarot. It's living, it's living life, making choices that are based on our authenticity, our birthrights to have joy in our lives, to experience pleasure, to live a life that is fulfilling, that is um, where we are able, and I, and I look at the Ten of Cups like this, where we are able to hold grief and joy in our hands simultaneously. Um, I get asked often too, you know, I come off as a, as a happy go lucky kind of person. And well, I mean, I'm a Capricorn, my son and my moon are in Capricorn. So anyone who knows me knows that I'm <laughs> not necessarily the most optimistic soul on the planet. I'm more of a realistic person, but I do have a lot of hope and I do have a lot of um, joy in my life. And that doesn't mean that I haven't had grief and suffering. I sure have. But at the same time, I do believe that we can hold grief and joy in our hands at the same time. That is also a bit, um, Ten of Cups is also looked at in the tarot. I talk about this because the Ten of Cups is sometimes looked at as like the mini lovers, you know, in a way, as well as the Two of Cups. In that the Ten of Cups, many people find it as a culmination of all things joyful and so forth. I see the Ten of Cups as more of the sunset 
a part of life where we know better, where we know that it's not just about the fleeting happiness that crosses our path and then dissipates. It's about the lasting joy that we choose to experience in addition to the sorrow, the inevitably, inevitable sorrow and suffering of the human condition. I don't think there's much of a way around that. I mean, even Buddha was sad. <laughs> Jesus was very sad. <laughs> and um, there, because when you have empathy, when you have compassion, when you can feel and see and understand and comprehend the suffering of others, it's, you know, you really have to be a bit of a Pollyanna with your head in the sand to think that everything is sparkles and pom-poms. It's really not. But there can be a lot of joy in in moving through grief and, and, and experiencing life. And that comes with the whole enchilada of, of loss and, and death and, um, tragedy and trauma and things not going our way and suffer. It's all of it. The lover's card in the tarot is an opportunity for us to look at what is, without being clouded by what we wish things could be or that or by what we wish we could manipulate into being um as Joan Didion had written in her book uh the year of magical thinking you know life is life and life is to be experienced on a level where we are present with what is with all of the with all of the dark and the light of it quite frankly and that we do not need to make a choice and that in fact it is impossible to opt out of certain things in our lives what we can choose is how we respond to those events and how we learn to live with the consequences of our choices. And so when the lover's card comes up, it's an opportunity to look at the choices that we are making, to look at the choices that we have made, to look at the choices that might lie before us, and to look at even the choices that we make through our inaction and our way of saying, I'm really not ready to make a choice yet, or I'm going to um, I'm going to put this aside and just kind of wait for it to take care of itself. I'm not saying it, that doesn't happen sometimes. There are times where if we just put it down and we walk away, it shifts. I do that with my computer all the time. I'm like, oh, okay, I can't work this program today. I'm going to try tomorrow. And as much as I'm hemming and hawing and having an absolute fit about the fact that I can't get it done, hello Capricorn, um, it's like, hey, it's not the end of the world usually. And uh, give it a day. And nine times out of 10, I try 24 hours later and guess what? It works. So I'm not saying that inaction or choosing not to do something is a bad choice or is a lazy choice or is an irresponsible choice. Not at all. But just like Kenny Rogers said, you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. You got to learn how to walk away and you sure as hell better know how to run because there are times in our lives when we we are called to make a choice, we are called to make a decision, and not every response is appropriate for every choice that's on the table. 
does this make sense? I want to hear all about it in the comments that you can leave for me on Instagram at Urban Siren Creative. Um, so let's just let that sit for a minute and, and feel into that when it comes to the lover's card. If you are, um, if you are struggling in any way, shape or form with the lover's card, if you're not sure how to respond to someone, if you're reading for them and they're asking about a relationship reading or a love reading or whatever have you, and the lover's card reversed comes up, listen, you read that card however you want, okay? I am not saying I've never looked at the lover's card and said to myself in a reading regarding someone's question, oh dear, I'm wondering if this relationship is really working. Um, I'm also the last person on earth that's going to advise anyone to break up or even stay together necessarily because what do I know? It's only the two people in the relationship that really know. And uh, I don't think it's a great thing to try to um, have a hand in somebody else's fate in that way, especially when the other half is very, very often not in the room. I would love to give people the chance to communicate, but that's what happens most of the time when the readings come through for me if someone's having a, if someone's having a relationship issue or they're wondering where is this relationship going before i even draw a card most of the time i just say well have you talked with your partner have you asked your partner or your new love or your new interest where you think this is going where they think this is going it really works um much more than coming to me some third removed third party and asking a very intimate question about a relationship in which i am not intimate in right? So my reaction is often, let's have a conversation. How about you ask that question? Because if you want any kind of intimacy in a relationship, we better know how to communicate with one another. It, it, I mean, right? I mean, intimacy is, and communication, communication is the foundation of intimacy, true intimacy, deep intimacy, meaningful intimacy, intimacy that leads to something, Anybody can have a sexual experience without intimacy. No problem there. For some people, it's a problem, but not for every, some people. It's fine. No intimacy whatsoever. But when you're talking about relationship, we are in relationship with everything. So not only are we talking about romantic relationship, we are talking about being in relationship with our fellow sentient beings on planet Earth. We are talking about being in relationship with inanimate objects or um Objects that may feel to us like they have spirit, like stones or rocks or plants or locations or bodies of water, bodies of land, um, anything that is not technically a, a conscious in the same kind of consciousness that a human being experiences. But those objects do not necessarily um, not have some sort of consciousness to them. Um, and whatever we do decide and feel connected to and, and reasons why we can feel connected through these objects and so forth or places. What I'm saying is that relationships, romantic relationships also have been incredibly capitalized upon in our society. It's what sells. It's about buying the diamond. It's about buying the um, special new appliance, right? For the loved one in your life. Um, <laughs> I look at like the 1950s like advertisements. It's like getting your wife a vacuum cleaner. I for one have no problem receiving a wonderful vacuum cleaner. Just if anybody wants to send me one, I don't have a lot of rug in my house. 
but I do have a lot of animals and any extensions that help get the fur off the uh, furniture would be lovely and gratefully accepted, but please don't feel obliged. Don't send me a vacuum cleaner. I'm not asking for that, but, um, or you can, what I'm saying is that when we think that love is, that love exists behind a purchase of something or that love exists in order to, um, validate us in a society that um really uh kind of like uh rams it down our throat that being in partnership especially romantic partnership has lots of perks i mean your taxes look tend to look better your finances can look better your uh you can get a mortgage uh, at a better rate uh what else you can get health insurance i mean it's really a little bit of a incentive is a light way of putting it. So if we are not in romantic relationship, for instance, and you're feeling bad about that, I encourage you to maybe not um, feel so bad about that and just put it in relation to how our society has really, um, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say brainwashed because that's a little bit harsh, but it's also somewhat true how society has really pushed us into feeling that that's the end goal and it's not necessarily everybody's end goal. So if you do struggle with the lover's card because you are not in romantic relationship or the person you're reading for is not in romantic relationship, um, we can look at the lover's card for so many different opportunities to, to, to gain wisdom from, including, and especially regarding how we make our choices. I'm the last person that's going to tell you how you should read for your clients or read for yourself. I just want to put this out there in case you ever do feel a roadblock um, and you would like a little, you know, okay, you know, uh, there's other ways of doing this. We don't have to do it the traditional way. And I think for now, that's going to wrap it up for a minute. Um... I do just want to touch on the fact that we do have a full moon coming up. Let me look at my notes here. Oh, on Wednesday the 26th, we have a full moon in Sagittarius. Ooh, yay. So Sagittarius, a sign of adventure, a sign of risk-taking, a sign of don't fence me in, um, a sign of truth telling. Oh boy. Okay. So when we think about the full moon in Sagittarius in Gemini season, um, we might, we might find truth bombs, uh, coming up left and right, but there's a way to deliver the truth that is compassionate and kind. And so, um, I just want to put that out there that if you do feel compelled or called to task about, uh, telling the truth on something, or someone has pushed your buttons to the level where you're like, you know what, I'm really going to hand it to them. Um, and I'm going to tell them how I really feel. Just remember <laughs> that words can hurt and that words cannot be taken back, right? So once something's been said and heard, there's no one doing that hearing of it. There's no one doing that reading of it. There's no one doing it. It's been said, it's been out there. And think of air and words aligned with swords. Swords can cut through the um, stagnation of things and get things moving and clear the path and that can be great and they can also leave a little bit of a boo-boo so let's be kind with our words during this full moon in Sagittarius 
in Gemini season. And let's also actually take advantage of that energy. And if we have to have a little bit of a truth talking with someone, including ourselves, we do it with love, respect, and kindness. Hmm. Are we all in agreement with that? And I think honest and true, I think I have yabbled on enough and I am so grateful for you being here as always. This season, you can also check my website, urbansirencreative.com and check out the Siren Song Taroscopes, which I will be putting up within this week. I promise all y'all, I have written 78% of the uh, Taroscopes at the time of this recording and I just have a couple of more signs to work through. And then they will be posted on my website at urbansirencreative.com. If you really want to stay in the know and you never want to miss a thing, um, I do have a newsletter. And so when I publish things like my Siren Song Taroscopes, I get that newsletter out to my peeps and you get it in your inbox and you don't have to worry about missing anything like you're worrying, like you're missing anything. Neither of those are true. You're fine. You're whole as you are. However, if you feel that they are supportive and great cards to reflect on throughout the season, the zodiacal season, they're up. You can also check out the current Taurus season siren song telescopes. Um, let's see, going before that would be Aries. I believe I have Pisces up there too. Oh, it's a party. Have fun. And until next time, please be good to yourself. Nice words, nice words with yourself, with others. Be loving, be kind, be generous. Don't rule yourself out of that equation. And I love you very much. See you soon and take good care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Urban Siren Podcast. It's always such a pleasure to share this space with you. If you enjoy the podcast, I would be so appreciative if you could leave a five-star review, only if you love it, on your favorite podcast listening platform. Maybe that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever podcasts can be heard. It also goes a long way when you share this podcast up. So please feel free to share it up wide and far with everybody that you love and they might love it too. Your support means so much and sharing is caring and it means so much to me. Thanks so much for being here. I'll catch you next time. Thank you.